Good morning to you. I hope some of you are considering water baptism next week. We've got a brave soul who is excited to be baptized, so we will have our new uh, baptismal tank ready for you to follow that step too. So it's going to happen, and and thank you for considering that. And like the video announcement said, we'd love to talk you through that process. We're also looking for partners. You know, a name for membership uh, that we like to use as partnership. We want to discover those of you that God has connected to our church family. So there's something called CIL Forward. If you go to cil.church, you can find the link there. It's quite easy to find if you're on a desktop. If you're on your mobile, there's three dots. Hit those three dots. The menu will come down. Choose, choose CIL Forward, and you can go at your own pace. We have, a, we have a, about a dozen videos, five-minute videos. You can watch one here, three tomorrow, four and, and, you know, next week, and that will take you through the process so we can discover God has knit you together with this church body. It's really cool, really important. I love digging into God's word with you. Today's message is called Beyond Yesterday. Beyond Yesterday, we're going to look at one of the most beloved passages in scripture. It's one of those that you're going to want to highlight, you know, highlight in your Bible. And, and this is a scripture that you've probably heard before, but the Lord's going to give you fresh insight today. I'm going to start with verse 12. And after, after we read this scripture, or I read the scripture, I'll present it as the word of the Lord. And if you choose to, you can say, thanks be to God. Not that I have already reached the goal, or I'm already perfect. But I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all... All of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal it also to you. If in any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. And this is the word of the Lord. Yeah, we thank you for your word, Lord. When my kids were younger, I would love to carry them and hold them. And, and occasionally I get to do that now with a niece or nephew. And, and you're holding a small child. And when you're maybe going somewhere where they are uncertain, maybe you're hiking a trail or walking down Broadway with all the honky-tonks uh, after the hockey game, you know, and it's like, it's scary, you know. So you're holding the kid and the child holds your neck so tight, what a great feeling that is to have a little kid. I was going to show you a picture of me holding the kid. And, uh, and this morning I was looking through all of these memories. And, and then I just got off focus for the sermon. But you know it happened. And you've done it before. You, you hold a child. You hold a child and it feels so fulfilling that they're finding security in you. They're holding your neck. And when I look at this scripture today, that's a word picture that came out right away. Here's my first point today that I see from this passage. I take hold because he holds me. I'm going to give you four declarative statements from the scripture today that that the apostle Paul was writing. But I'm able to hold on to Jesus and hold on to scripture and hold on to my faith because God is holding on to me. 
Verse 12 says it this way. We've already read it, but I want to reread it. Not that I've already reached the goal. Now, what's he talking about? What goal? Well, you have to listen to the sermon two weeks ago. And the sermon two weeks ago was about the overwhelming goal to know Christ. To know Christ is better than anything on our resume. And when we have days we live that way, it feels great because we're living just what God's called us to do. And now I'm so glad Paul said this. Not that I've already reached the goal. So he's saying, I I don't always, I haven't got there yet where I'm perfectly focused on Jesus. Not that I've already reached the goal or I'm already perfect. But look at this phrase. But I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Now, do you see that word picture of holding a child? We're able to take hold of Jesus and his word and his plan for our life because he's holding us first. Not that I've already reached perfection, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I've been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Now, one of the things about modern church that I like, but it's also challenging, is we love to talk about how we're not perfect. And authenticity is a way that, it's a way we bond socially. When, when I'm authentic, I even know that you relate to me better. And so you hear a lot of us say things like this, and it's scriptural. I'm not perfect, there's only one perfect, and I struggle and you struggle. All of that is helpful and has its place even scripturally. But like anything good, there's a challenge to it. And here's the challenge, that a lack of perfection should not equate with a lack of effort. A lot of times we're like, hey, I'm not perfect, so I'm just going to do what I feel like doing. I'm not perfect, so I'm not going to be disciplined in my life. Here's the truth. I'm not trying to earn God's love. I'm held in God's love. So because I'm held in in God's love, I hold on to God's love. He held me first, but he's positioned me to hold on to him today. When I was in high school, I made a huge mistake. I made a lot of mistakes in high school, but this was a big mistake. I registered for a class called trigonometry. Man, it about wrecked my senior year. It was tough and it was hard. And, and of all my academic journey, that was probably one of the, maybe the hardest thing I've ever done. And I didn't know if I was going to pass. Didn't know if I was going to pass at all even though I worked hard. And I remember going to my teacher, and she was a close to retirement. She was the sage of trigonometry in Irving, Texas. And I said, did I pass? And she looked at me with conviction. She said, you passed by the hair of your chinny chin, or something like that. Can't even say it right. She's like, you barely passed. And I turned around, I thanked her, walked out of the room, and I said, I'm done with trigonometry. I'm forgetting trigonometry. And I can say that to this day, there is nothing about trigonometry that I remember at all. Here's my second, second point today. I forget because I'm moving forward. And this scripture starts talking about forgetting. And when it talks about forgetting, I want us to frame this in scripture in helpful ways for how the Lord is working in our lives. Verse 13, brothers and sisters, 
I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. Now, this is not talking about, I think sometimes we wrongly believe this is some form of amnesia. That like we're not going to ever have memory anymore of something in our past. Never have memory of a sin. Never have memory of a bad experience. Never have memory of a regret. And that's not the heart of the scripture. That's not what the scripture's saying. Forgetting what is behind doesn't mean you have lost the ability to remember. It's meaning, it means this. You choose not to remember it as it applies to God's work in your life. I choose not to remember in a way that handicaps today. I'm not going to remember yesterday that takes and steals from my today. The purpose of forgetting the past is to discover the future. We forget the past, not in the sense of losing all memory, staying in a place of regret, not staying and hear this today, sometimes in the place of success. Because some of us, the memories of our success are handicapping our today. We forget the offense. We forget the grudge. We forget the incident. We choose to forget because we don't want the consequences because God has forgiven us. We can take a memory that we remember and say, I'm not thinking about that. I'm going to forget that because God has forgotten that. And that's specifically with sin in our lives. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. Now, this is a beautiful scripture that's talking not only about right now in 2022, but what we're experiencing right now in 2022 with ever-increasing benefit into our future. So this is what the Lord said, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, that we've been grafted into the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law, laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And each person will not teach his fellow citizen and each his brother or sister saying, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least to the greatest of them. We're seeing this already as the Gentiles have been included into Abraham's family, and we're going to see it with greater increase until the full coming of the Lord. Look at verse 12. For I will forgive their wrongdoing, and I will never again remember their sin. I will never again remember their sins. This doesn't mean that God has somehow limited himself by not having a memory. It means that he's going to forget our sins when it comes to his judgment. In light of his judgment and his standards of righteousness, he's going to forget our sins as if we've never sinned before. That's the graciousness of our God. That's the grace and the forgiveness and the love of our God. And so, because he's done that for us, we can do that for ourselves too. Some of you... You have memories of things you've done that you're embarrassed, that you regret, that maybe even you feel the consequences, the natural consequences of them. But you need to forget those things. 
because they don't define you. Those mistakes, those missteps, those things that are part of your past that you kind of hope no one asks about. Have a mindset that says, I'm forgetting those things because I have a future today. I have an opportunity right now. Yeah, I might have a memory, but I'm not going to dwell on who I was. I'm not going to dwell on what I did. I'm not going to dwell on, on that misstep or that mistake or even that year that I love so much. I'm not going to live in the past. I'm going to live in today because Jesus is at work in me today. And he hasn't judged me as I deserve so I can move in to his future. We find that that's part of maturing. Maturing is this, being a mature person. I'm sure there's lots of different definitions, but here's a good one. Is not choosing that which gratifies, but choosing that which is wise. As I mature, I don't always choose what gratifies me. I'm mature enough to use wisdom and say that's the wise choice. Recently, I was traveling in another state with my two young adult boys, and we were trying to get home, and it was time to eat. And so, of course, you know, any male in their early 20s wants to go to a place that has fried chicken. Not, not fried chicken on a bone. That was the 70s, people. I'm talking any place with chicken fingers, chicken fingers and fries. It's amazing. Everyone under 35, they only eat chicken fingers and fries. I've never seen anything like it before. I'm joking. <laughs> So we found one of the four chicken places. You could guess which one it is. There's one of four. I will not name it in case their owner is watching online right now and would like to contribute to this great church. I'm joking. (laughs) But for the fourth time that week, for the fourth time that week, we ordered chicken strips and fries. And I paid for it. And then the young man who was about, he could, be, he could have been my son, said, could you pull up to the cone? Now, I'm not exaggerating. I know that public speakers can't exaggerate, right? I'm not exaggerating, guys. After I paid my significant amount of money, pulled to the orange cone, it took 45 minutes for them to bring me the chicken. So, wow, you guys, man, that's the most response we've ever got in this church. <laughs> So, finally, when he brought me the food, I mean, I just really felt this need to instruct him on customer service. After all, I deserved it. He had stolen 45 minutes of my time. And, and for me to inform him, you know, it would have been nice, man, if he would have said it's going to take 30 minutes because it took 45. Or I could have talked to him about the process. And that would have felt so good. But in that instant, in that instant, this story turns out good. I decided not to. I decided to be cool. Because there was nothing I could do to change what happened. And he absolutely didn't care. He absolutely didn't care. (laughs) So I was just going to make, I was just going to create an uncomfortable experience. 
instead of just taking my food. I could have just gone to the Publix and gotten salary, celery and uh, carrots and uh, been healthier and had more time. I'm the one that chose to get into the line to get fried chicken again, chicken fingers for the fourth time that week. So it was, it was really my fault. And so in that moment, the Lord helped me to, or whatever the case is, I chose to not do what was gratifying, but to do what was wise and to move on, move on. And this, this is like, our life is like this is that when we move into maturity, we don't always choose what feels good in the moment or even in that era of our life. But so let's talk about the major decisions of your life. There's some major decisions in, in, in your life, uh, your, what your vocation's gonna be, uh, possibly who's gonna be, who you're gonna marry, uh, where you're gonna live. And more than all of that, what are you gonna do about this thing called the gospel? What are you gonna do about Jesus? Is he going to be the center? Is he, is he going to be it? Or is it just going to be this cultural thing you, you do just enough nodding to uh, to get people off your back? Maturity means that you move in wisdom. Not, not making the choice just for today, but making the choice for eternity. Here's my third point. I pursue Jesus because I'm maturing. Because I'm realizing that when I choose Jesus, I choose what's best for my life. When I choose Jesus, I'm talking about choosing his teaching, choosing his way, working with his words, like getting to know the words of Jesus and applying them to my life. Understanding that those who walked with Jesus, Peter and John and the Apostle Paul, who who had a revelation of Jesus, reveal much about Jesus through their writings. And I'm digesting this and I'm integrating it into my life. And, and it's my prayer to be a better Christian than I am a preacher. Because I think that's a real problem sometimes. If you're good on the mic, you can be good at giving a sermon and not as good as living the sermon. So Lord, help me with that. I'm believing my greatest years of fruitfulness in the Lord are ahead of me. And maybe there's a day there will be a day when it's time for me to not preach anymore. And I hope that I can live my best life for Jesus when there's no crowd to hear about my life. May it be, Lord, help me with that. I'm, not, I'm like Paul. I'm not saying I've held on to it yet, but I'm straining towards that, right? Philippians 3, verse 14. This is where I get this point about maturing. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us all who are mature think this way. Let all who are wise think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. This idea of maturing, where Christ is the center of our life, and it's because we want him to be the center of our life. And because we've, we've evaluated the world and maybe and we've seen that he really is best. And even when we don't feel like he's best, we're wise enough to say, I'm going to believe his ways are best even when it doesn't seem gratifying to me today. This is the maturing of the Lord. That's the goal, the prize of our faith to know him. Back to what I preached two weeks ago, to know him and the fellowship of his sufferings. To know Jesus in a way. Let's read our gospel reading today. Let's see what Jesus says. John chapter 15, 
verse 15 to 16, Jesus Christ said these words. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I've called you friends because I've made known to you everything I've heard from my father. Look at this. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Back to my first illustration. He's holding us. That's why we can hold him. Why did he choose you? Well, he did it out of love, but here's the consequences of that. I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is a maturing Christian. The maturing Christian is a fruitful Christian. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the gospel, the fruit of the things of the Lord. One of the things I do when I park my car, um, we're down in the city quite a bit, and over the last 25 years, been down in the city, you know, a couple times a week usually. And those downtown parking garages and especially going to the hospitals, I learned a little trick is I don't read the signs as I go into the parking garage. Because if I don't read the signs, then I'm not responsible for the information. (laughs) Remember that authentic thing I talked about earlier? Being authentic, I'm not perfect, you know. So if Beth or the kids with me, they're like, uh, I think it's, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. The arrow said, don't go that way. I didn't see anything. See no evil, hear no evil, do no evil, right? So that's not the mature way for our engineers who design those parking garages for our safety. Once we see the sign, we're responsible for the restriction. So we do need to open our eyes to truth. That's not a good thing to do, but those of us who are watching this sermon right now, you're sitting in this room right now, we're receiving the truth And here's my last observation today. This is a statement. I live the truth I've received. I live the truth I received. Look at verse 16. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. We should live up to whatever truth we we have attained. We should embody, embody spiritual revelation. We should apply scripture to our life. We are those who seek truth because we're not satisfied with untruth, with lies. Lies are so delusional because a delusion is a lie. So lies make us feel empty and living a lie brings chaos to our life. When we lie to ourselves, we justify our sins, but we, we suffer because of that. So we always are looking for the truth. We're always looking for truth in scripture. We're looking for truth within the community. We're looking for truth from the goodness of God and his revelation. We're looking for truth even from our conscience itself as it aligns with scripture. We're looking for truth and we embody truth and we live truth. And that's how we get to know Christ. I live the truth that I have received. And so brothers and sisters, when I say let's move beyond yesterday... I want you to hear this today. You're not paralyzed by your past. You're stepping forward into God's future. You're alive in the year 2022 by the providence of God. You're in the right generation. You're in the right place. 
It doesn't matter if you're just passing through. I want to tell you this, is that in the summer of 1995, the summer of 1996, I did an internship at a church. I was just at that church for about eight weeks, both summers. God did so much in those eight weeks. It impacted my ministry even to this day. Don't say, well, I'm only going to be in this city two years. I'm a traveling nurse. I'm only there three months. I'm going to be changing jobs in nine months. Don't say that. God can do in one day what you can't do in a whole, your whole career. He can do that. Forgetting the past. Forget your resume. Forget your mistakes. Forget your expectations. You step into God's today. Because God's today is pushing you into a future with him. That there is great glory and there is great power. And there's a great anointing in what he's going to do. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you're able to, let's stand together as we prepare for ministry today. Sometimes when we stand here, we're just ready now to receive. We're changing postures. We're changing positions. And we're able to receive. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for letting us receive right now what you wanted to say today. Thank you, Jesus. You're shaking. You're shaking things in us. Thank you, Jesus, for those who are stuck in their past. Thank you, Lord, that you just revealed through your word today. No longer stuck. No longer in the same place. No longer forget that which is behind you. Forget that which is behind you and strain towards what is ahead. I want to read the scripture over you. And I want you to receive. Not that I've already reached the goal or I'm already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I have also been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all who are mature think this way. So God, I thank you, Lord, that you are maturing us You are setting down in our spirits truth that is dispensing lies. I just think, I just see the Lord just as like truth is like falling in your heart. And and if you've ever seen that, like when a solid object falls into water and the liquid disperses, it just goes. I just see lies, lies, lies. Now truth has come and the lies are leaving in the name of Jesus. The lies are just dispersing. They're just dispersing. We know this, the psalmist said, and the people of God said, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let truth arise. Let, let the lies scatter. Let truth arise. Let the enemy be scattered in our life. And I just want you to know this is that there's a great future you have in God. There's a great days ahead of you because of Jesus. Jesus said, forget the past and go for what's before you. Go for what's before you. The prize that is heavenly. That's Jesus. His glory and his goodness and all the good things he has. Father, we move towards that and we thank you for that. And we want to do ministry with you. The table of the Lord is a way that we move forward. We move forward into the things of the Lord. Out of sin, into the righteous identity that Jesus has claimed for us. He has chosen us. He's chosen you. You didn't choose this. He chose you. He's holding you. And that's why you're going to grab hold of him. He's chosen you and he's chosen you to bear fruit. You're not to be fruitless. You're not to be one who, who goes through a decade again and goes through years and goes through another job change and you go through another career and you go through another marriage and there's no fruit in it. The Lord says the things he has in your future are fruitful 
fruitful. Your marriage is going to be fruitful for the Lord. Your job's going to be fruitful for the Lord. Your grandkids are going to be fruitful for the Lord. The next child you have, the next child you foster, the next child you adopt, there's going to be fruit in the Lord. That the past does not determine your future because Jesus has new things for you. He says, forget those things and strain. Make every effort to take hold of God. And forget the things in the past and move into God's future. And so that's what we're going to do. The, the gospel has invited us to him. We've been invited into the story of God. We've been invited into the things of the Lord.